Esoterica the Podcast, where we discuss the unusual, offbeat, and obscure. I'm the Mad Wanderer. And I'm the Traveler Excessive. Otherwise known as Chris Schultz. And Aaron Christian. So I have for us tonight, uh, it's not exactly, well, maybe it's an esoteric in the soda in the sense that it's new. We have a new product that we stumbled across. Yes. Comes to us from the fine folks at Fanta. Uh, which is a division of Coca-Cola Company. Fanta, Fanta. This is a pina colada flavored soda. Mm. I'm not holding out a lot of hope here. No, I have had pina coladas, and they're not my favorite thing in the world. But I don't dislike them either. Ooh, that was not quite as satisfying as I wanted. No, it was, it was like a elongated hiss. All right, before I pour, I'll let you take a sniff because there's oh. some powerful odor coming. Oh out my there. god! Yeah. I'm not a fan already. Um, <laughs> what does that remind me of? Um, uh, like a, it almost reminds me of Rockstar or um, Monster. Oh, which yeah. it's it's. I mean, it's Fanta. It's not. So we we ran into this problem. Uh, we we both really enjoy this uh, sort of ritual of doing an unusual beverage at the beginning. Uh, and the problem that we've run into is very quickly we're living in a in the pandemic 2020 world you know how some people won't refer to trump by name they call him 45 yeah that's how i'm dealing with covid19 it's the pandemic of 2020 that's what i'm calling it that's not covid19 it's not coronavirus it's pandemic 2020 pandemic 2020 so as a result our ability to come across truly esoteric um, beverages has been hampered Um, we went to the corner bodega today and uh, there is a giant assortment of energy drinks not so much of a variety of sodas or juices so um, this is what we have and this reminds me of a Yankee Candle shop yeah I I know I often describe things as having a um, fruity bouquet this has sort of a cloying bouquet a what? Cloying. It's choking me up. Oh, it's there's, like it's, there's fruit in here, apparently. Yeah, it's just over... You know, like an old lady who takes an Irish shower um, and walks yeah. by you and you're like, oh! It's kind of like that. It's the Irish shower of sodas. My apologies to the um, bog trotters in our audience. So, um, let's give her a sip. Yeah. Mm. Ew. It's kind of like a shitty 7-Up. Do you get that aftertaste? I think that's supposed to be the pina colada. It's pineapple heavy in the beginning and coconut heavy at the end. Are you getting that? Yeah. Aren't they supposed to be married? Yeah. Yeah. And that's not a marriage. No. And I think part of the problem is a pina colada is a creamy, like milky beverage. Mm. (laughs) You know, um, earlier when you were wondering about Gatorade and milk, yeah, I, I think you've got your answer to that here. This is like, imagine putting milk in soda. Or, yeah, it sucks. Yeah, oh, this is bad. Um, so if we're going to rate this... Um... I give it a 3.5 because I can drink it. It's drinkable. Um, but I don't care for it. I want to give it negative numbers so that they owe me points. <laughs> um, but, um... <sighs> Alright, the more I I'm, drink, I'm now I'm down to like a two. Yeah, I'm... 
I'm gonna go with a two four. <clears throat> two four. Um, so the pina colada Fanta, no. No, that sound was me putting the cap back on the bottle. So you know that uh, pina colada song. Considering that we just had pina colada Fanta. <laughs> I like pina coladas. I like dancing in the rain. I don't know why you like dancing in the rain because uh, the song's getting caught in the rain. Oh, getting caught in the rain. Okay. Uh, which I don't like. I'm not. There was one time I got caught in the rain that I really liked, but that's a story for me. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm aware of that song. So um, I can't stand that song. Oh, I keep drinking this, hoping it gets better, but it doesn't. It's, it's like the song. I keep listening to it and hoping it gets better. But it doesn't. Yeah, so one thing I don't understand about the song. So, Guy puts an ad in the personals. Yeah. Because things aren't going well at home. And the chick that shows up is his wife. And they laugh about it. And I presume have a pina colada and go home and have sex. Yeah. She cheated on him first, right? If she, answered, she, if she answered the ad. She right? answered the ad. I feel like both of them are acting in an inexcusable way, but I feel like you could put an ad in the personals without ever having an intent of following up on it. Yeah. But if your spouse is answering ads and going to meet people, she's stepping out on you, bro. You see, there's a Family Guy episode where the um, uh, Peter calls like a phone sex line like falls in love with the lady who happens to be his wife trying to just get some money on the side because mm-hmm. uh, you know she wants money to like live um, and they end up you know falling in love it's basically like the TV version of that song sort okay. of uh, so it's interesting but yeah they're both at, they're both at fault yeah I feel like realistically the situation would have ended up with items being thrown and the scene and the police being called and yeah but you know, but you know, I, I can see something kind of like coming from it, in the sense that like, well, you know, if you're the one that answered the ad, then like it does mean that we were meant to be together, which that's kind of nice. But like, should it really come to that in the first place? No. Yeah, right. No, it shouldn't. But and, you know, and he keeps referring to her as my old lady, which I don't like. Yeah, I, I've never been a fan of uh, people that call their wives. Uh, the old lady. Yeah. Um, I sometimes that, jo- jokingly refer to myself as the old man, which I, I is different. Yeah. You know? it's, it just seems a little too demeaning to me. Yeah. Yeah. The old ball and chain. Yeah. Same old song and dance. You know, there, there are some songs out there that just bother me. Like, oh, yeah. I, I, take, I take issue with, and sometimes for good reasons and sometimes for not. And sometimes it's not the song, necessarily. The circumstances around it. Yeah, like there's this is one band sorority noise that everybody hates because they, like for rightfully so, and we've talked about this before. Like leads and singers and artists are not role models; mm. they're they're like entertainers for us. That's all it is. Uh, but like he he, I think he like touched an underage girl or something. So like I just that's the circumstance around that music. Like I won't listen to it. Oh my god, what was that band that the lead singer is like a hardcore pedophile? He was raping babies and stuff. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> I I remember reading about this, and I, I feel I've always felt really bad for fans of the band and the rest of the band because, like, dude, you got to burn your shirts. Like, yeah. you're never listening to that. He was like legit raping babies. Like, it's not okay. Yeah, and did, writing letters. Did you see about on it. the news not too long ago 
um, probably within the past week or so, there was a grandmother, uh, this is off topic, but there was a grandmother uh, that filmed uh, her son, who was like maybe five or seven years older than I am, um, like raping a one-year-old girl. Ugh. Isn't that awful? The grandmother you know, of the child. I don't believe in hell, but things like that make me want to believe in hell. Because mm-hmm. there should be a hell for people like that. It's a special place in hell for people like that. Yeah. That's just, that's just awful. Well, on a lighter note. Uh, back, um, back to things we, songs we hate. Um, well, so here's a song that I like, but only under certain circumstances. Mm-hmm. Are you familiar with Don Henley's Boys of Summer? Yes. And you know what's funny? When we, we discussed this two seconds before surrounding it, um, it... Uh, I was thinking of uh, Summer of 69 by Brian Adams. Uh, completely different song. Compl- no, I know. But I do know Boys of Summer, yes. That song annoys me because Brian Adams, I don't believe... He was like three or four in the Summer of 69. So Yeah. Sort of like I get annoyed at Smash Mouth with their song Walk on the Sun because they stole the riff from, from the uh, in sound from way out. Yeah. Um, Throwback. Yeah. But anyway, um, Boys of Summer. So, the song, not only is it about... After the summer, when the boys of summer are gone and the beaches are empty, there's a very, there's a feel in the song that evokes empty beaches. Um, this song, to me, is a seasonal song, much like a Christmas song, and yeah. should only be played from Labor Day, um, maybe through New Year's, and no other time during the year. I, through New Year's is a stretch. Well, yeah, but I mean, in the in the throes of winter, you could be thinking back longingly yeah. to the those okay. days. I'll give you that. But a lot of stations will play this, um, like, around Memorial Day or in the summer. And I, I've had this argument with my wife. She's like, the song is called Boys of Summer. And I'm like, it's evoking the image of the boys of summer who are no longer there. Right. It's a post-summer song. And therefore, should only be played post-summer. Because you don't want to be missing the summer when you're in the middle of summer. It's not a summer song. Yeah. It's a seasonal song, just like a Christmas song. It has the time and place. And Don Henley. Is Don Henley still with us? Glenn Fry died. Yeah, I think Don But Henley Don Henley's still with us. I think. I wonder if I, we can get I, Don Henley on, because I feel like I need to get let's him. Let's Google before we make any promises, because he could be so dead. I feel like I need him to back me up on this. I mean, and I would, I would go with what Don Henley says if he disagrees with me. Okay, but, yeah, no, he's still alive. He's, okay. Okay, good. But short of that, I'm right. Like, this is a seasonal song. Mm. Folks, if you disagree, it'll let me know because I'm adamant about this. So. Yeah, it's funny you say that about the seasonal uh, song because uh, you know what song drives me crazy? And only for one line in the song um, is uh, 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 the Beach Boys, um, Little St. Nick. Um, <laughs> because literally he's talking about a sleigh and he's like... Uh, like talking about Santa hitting the hitting the gas and watching her peel, mm-hmm. Slay can't peel on snow. <laughs> <laughs> that pisses me off. I... <laughs> you don't think Rudolph's leaving a rubber strip? Uh, Does he wind up like you know, me? you know the cartoons when the when the, their legs start going in a little circle? <laughs> yeah, probably. Probably like the Roadrunner. Yeah, that's a good example. The Roadrunner. Yeah, I could Road see Roadrunner. Coyotes um, after you. Yeah, you know, a lot of songs don't bother me per se as much as they. Um, uh, some songs irritate me, you know. Yeah. Um, 
I just feel like if if a song is trying to evoke a certain mood, then we should respect that. Yeah, yeah. I you know, keep it within its parameters. Yeah. Sure. Sure. Like if you're talking about Anne Frank in the 1940s, like you know, um, don't play it. Just to... Hey, that sounds suspiciously like a segue. It does. Nice. <laughs> Today's album uh, that we're listening to comes from comes to us from the band Neutral Milk Hotel. Uh, you may have heard of Neutral Milk Hotel. They're pretty. Uh, I've heard of Neutral Milk Hotel. You know, it's funny because I, I was into them for a while, and then um, I had I had mentioned them, and um, I think Carrie hadn't heard of them, and then uh, April on Parks and Rec. Uh, is a big fan of the band, so she started name drop them on a couple episodes. But anyway, uh, they were sort of an indie sensation. The the interesting thing about this album, uh, we're going to be listening to, in the airplane over the sea. Initially, when it came out, it wasn't exactly a flop, but it was not a popular album. Right, um, became sort of cult status actually after the lead singer Jeff Mangum, sort of had a nervous breakdown and um, retired from the music scene. So. Uh, then it became a little more popular. Um, while I would consider it esoteric enough to fall within the parameters of our show, uh, I do think it's worth noting that uh, a number of uh, publications consider it to be one of the top 10 albums of the 90s mm-hmm. um, as far as artistry and more over popularity, but it's a, it's a benchmark in the indie lo-fi scene. So, uh, Neutral Milk Hotel is no longer a thing. Um, they did release a, at least one other album after this. So, one of the things that's interesting about Aeroplane Over the Sea, it's got this lo-fi sound to it, uh, and they use some strange instruments, including a uh, singing saw, a zanzithophone, and Yulian pipes. <laughs> <laughs> not sure what any of those... I know what a singing saw is, um, but the other ones I'm not sure and some of the distortion in fact actually what i i read and this probably makes more sense to you than it does to me Mm -hmm. but when they were in the studio they couldn't really afford um the equipment to do standard distortion so they developed a unique recording technique involving heavy compression to get the distortion sound Mm. so that's interesting so you want to give it a listen yeah yeah the first hear this compression um, so I should note too that uh, the the lyrics in this this album are really um, not clear. There's no real clear narrative. Mm-hmm. Um, a, a large part of the album was influenced by uh, the Jeff, the, the lead singer, sort of had an infatuation with uh, Anne Frank after reading her diary. Um, really? Yeah. So that um, figures in a lot into this, but it's like, not an, like not like in love with Anne Frank. Right. I, I think he fell in love with her voice, you know, the the person she was coming through her diary. Got it. Yeah. Um, so there's some of that in she it. She was like but, 15. That's a little... Yeah. 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 Anyway, um, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> but long dead, so, you know, no risk there, I guess. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Let's just start. <laughs> uh, but uh, anyway, so that's, that's some of the backstory. So the uh, first track is King of Carrot Flowers, part one. When you were young, you were the king of carrot flowers. 
So that was really cool. Um, there, it was a, um, it brought in a lot more um, unique instruments than um, I expected it to. Like I know we mentioned it in the beginning, but um, mm. it was very like um, I want to say almost like orchestral. Yeah, yeah. There, there's a lot of that on this album. I, I like that um, that clean strumming too. Yeah, um, that adds a lot. That adds a lot for sure. It always makes me think that that's uh, I, I don't know. <laughs> I well, like it. I I think it, like a good clean strum, like it it brings a lot of um, personality. Um, like, in, being guitar guitar player, like one of the things I always think about is how, like the way that I play a song is completely different how like another artist may play a song because my fingers hit the strings differently and my strumming is completely different. So like whenever you hear someone playing guitar, like you're hearing a lot about them as an artist and how they do things so i find that interesting and um you know clean strumming you can really hear that come through yeah um you know it's funny i when i initially decided that we would listen to this album i went on to lyric genius uh because the lyrics and and these songs are are sort of off the wall whoever is attempting to interpret them should just like not quit their day job because there's really um, and they're, like people are, I, I noticed people were arguing with each other about what the lyrics mean. Um, Jeff's been asked about it, and actually, I, I read in an interview that that's one of the reasons why he sort of had a breakdown and, and left the band because he was tired of being asked about the lyrics. Mm-hmm. Um, so just take them for what it's worth. It's um, it's musical poetry. Don't try to think too hard about it. Yes. Um, going back to the residents, uh, they had a theory of phonetic organization. Mm-hmm. Um, which they employed on their early albums, and that was that the words themselves, the meaning wasn't important. It's the sound of the words when you're singing, hmm. um, which explains a lot of nonsense stuff that yeah, they say. So for sure, take that into account here. Uh, the next track is "King of Carrot Flowers," parts two and three. Ooh, so here we go. Two for. <laughs> So that uh, compression mm-hmm. really started to come through here. Um, I I mean I don't know if you can tell the difference, but I can tell the difference. It knowing that now I did detect a difference between what like standard distortion but yeah i wouldn't know what that difference was right i mean i probably wouldn't have been like that's compression i just knowing it's compression i just like oh yes that sounds like compression when you tell me Hmm. you know um but yeah there's a there's a difference there's a difference it's cool Hmm. um i and i don't know if this was intentional um and reading some of the the notes on here it says in an interview he said it's not based on any religion or anything like that so it's probably not intentional but when he's saying jesus christ um he kind of holds it out um and it reminds me of like that like buddhist monk kind of thing where they like oh oh yeah i mean uh, yeah and i and probably not intentional at all but um i don't know it seemed to kind of work a little that's interesting 
going back to the um, don't bother trying to make sense of the lyrics I will shout until they know what I mean I mean the marriage of a dead dog sing and a synthetic flying machine so a synthetic flying machine I saw in here is one of his older works I guess hmm so that that makes sense if you put that in context. But other than that, yeah. So it's just like a to me, it seems like a stream of consciousness. Yeah. Which I'm cool with. I I like that. Right. Um, I often speak in stream of consciousness. <laughs> so, so like I dig that. Yeah, like that COVID album. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's streaming in my head. Uh, okay, our next track, uh, probably one of the more well-known um, tracks off of this album, is "In the Aeroplane Over the Sea." And one day we will die And our ashes will fly From the aeroplane over the sea But for now we are young Let us lay in the sun And count every beautiful thing we can see Love to be in the arms of all I'm keeping here with me Totally by Anne Frank. Yeah. Anna's ghost flying all around. Oh, Anna's ghost, yeah. Yeah. No, it totally is. You heard the singing saws, I think. I did, I did. It, it was pretty obvious. I, I don't I didn't know what a singing saw what a singing saw was, um, until hearing that and I was like, Oh, that has to be what that a singing saw is. Uh, it's funny, one of the imagery in here, um, and, and I'm not sure what he was thinking when he came up with this line, but it says, uh, how I would push my fingers through your mouth to make those muscles move. Reminds me of John Carpenter's The Thing. Uh, there's a scene where one of the... Oh, I've seen that movie. I hate that movie. Oh, I love that movie. I hate, I hate it. So one of the guys <laughs> that is The Thing yeah. sticks his hand in a dude's mouth, and you can see his fingers like stretching through his cheeks. Yeah. And that pops into my head when I see this line. Mm. And I, I don't know if that's what Jeff intended, but... I, it's unsettling. I, I think the thing is older, younger than this album. It's no. This came out. Uh, this was released in nineteen ninety eight. Yeah. Yeah. That the Kurt Russell thing was uh, that was eighties, mid eighties. Was it? Yeah. Trust me, I saw it as a kid. Probably, yeah. Yeah, and the original the thing is back from the fifties, but oh, okay. um, well, I didn't know that. Yeah, the, I didn't know there was original. Something. The John Carpenter one with Kurt Russell was uh, mid eighties. Hmm. Well, well, well. Yeah, so, okay. That was uh, In the Airplane Over the Sea. And I'm going to admit, this song and the next one uh, are favorites of mine. One of my absolute favorite things to do when I'm listening to this album is if I'm alone in the truck on a hot summer day, driving on the highway, and because he just belts out these songs. Mm. Um, they are awesomely fun to sing along to when there's no one. I would never sing this song with anybody else around. <laughs> but alone in my truck doing 80 on the highway on a hot summer day with the windows down and it's just cranked up to ear damaging Please levels. Please do this with me in the car. <laughs> Please. <laughs> well, uh, so if we are able to go to Squano this summer, then, um, <laughs> then, then maybe I'll make that happen. Uh, well, it's not a baby. All right, cool. Um, okay, so uh, let's listen to uh, Two-Headed Boy, which I will not sing along with.
this song to me sounded, uh, at least in the verses, like a deconstructed creep by Radiohead. Hmm. And that was interesting. That and you know, and I've, I've been a fan of this album for a while. I've listened to this quite a bit. It never really occurred to me until this sit through. It's just him and his guitar, acoustic. There's nothing else. Yeah. There's, there's no drum. There's stripped no... back completely. Um, that's pretty intimate in and of itself. You know. Yeah. A, a lot of this album, you can tell, is is him. Definitely. Uh, and if you look at the writing credits, like he's got. Off, like all the writing yeah. credits um, and again with the lyrics I really don't think it's worthwhile trying to take a deep dive into what's going on no um, there I mean one of the things I like about it like I think so we've listened to um, we've listened to a number of, of emo bands um, those, yep that's generally <laughs> the ones that you brought in and I recall at least on a couple of the first one the reason why I wanted to listen to this album is because I've said in the past this reminds me of Neutral Milk Hotel yeah um, and one of the things I like about those emo bands is they're singing you know it's you can understand what they're singing about definitely yes yeah. um, this is more poetry uh, I'm sure he's working out stuff inside his head sure. but um, not only is it pretty impossible to come at a straight interpretation, um, it's so open to interpretation in a lot of these that, you know, I don't think there's a wrong answer. Yeah, but, I agree. Uh, that's kind of cool. Yeah. So our next track is an instrumental. Uh, it's called The Fool. So we set off Mike uh, why someone would go on Genius and like put lyrics in for this for an so, instrumental. Yeah, so there's it says "Dedu" from the last song and then instrumental, uh, but it does have a sort of about thing here, which I mean, this whole thing is not worth interpreting. Interpreting, but um, it's kind of cool if this is sort of like it says here the transition into like the the military kind of part of it. Then mm-hmm. I can see that kind of. Um, yeah, it sort of had that. Um the cadence to the the drum sort of a it did it did so i mean there's not really not much to talk about here it's, a, it's an instrumental it's an instrumental um, it's a segue yeah it's a segue into i i think bigger and better things and it's funny because so the next song um holland 1945 someone was kind enough to point out that jeff had said in multiple interviews that this was inspired by the diary of Anne frank to yeah. which i would say no shit it's Holland, 1945, which is where Anne Frank was hiding yeah. during the Nazi occupation. Right. Uh, so pretty obvious that yeah. that's what we're going to tackle at this point. <laughs> so um, having said that, this is Holland, 
um to your point yeah like no shit (laughs) (laughs) yeah and you know what it's interesting so um i'm going to take a stab at trying to interpret some of these lyrics good luck um you know so he's singing about anne frank 1945 uh and then there's a there's a line about how now she's a little boy in spain Mm -hmm. um I, i feel like there's a reincarnation theme going through here yeah, and that's that line about keeping enough of your pieces to carry on, because that, that's part of uh, the philosophy of reincarnation. Is if you believe in um, Nirvana, um, not the band, but the, <laughs> the state of being, that when you reincarnate, there's lessons left that you have to learn before you're perfect. So you bring a little bit of that with you into your next life, right? On your thing. So that's kind of what I get out uh, of that. He's in love with this girl who has been dead for 40 years before. He knew who she was, mm-hmm. um, but maybe she's alive somewhere in the world now in another form. Right. Huh. Romantic in a strange way. Yeah, interesting way of looking at it. Um, so what's next? Um, I know what's next, but what's next? <laughs> the next track is uh, Communist Daughter. Sweet communist, the communist daughter standing on the seaweed water, semen stains the mountaintop, semen stains the mountaintops with cocoa leaves along the border, sweetness swings from every corner, cars screaming from the cloud, the bridges burst and twist around, and wanting something warm and moving bends towards herself, the soothing So I'm going to go back to what I mentioned earlier with the residents in the theory of phonetic organization. Okay. With cocoa leaves along the border, sweetness sings from every corner, cars careening from the clouds, the bridges burst and twist around. Like, I enjoy saying that. Yeah. I don't care what it means. Like, that was actually fun to say. Mm. Try it. Try it. I got to look at it. <laughs> <clears throat> with cocoa leaves along the border, sweetness sings from every corner. Cars careering on the clouds. Okay, yeah, careening on the clouds. The bridges burst and twist around. Yeah, just you know, rolls half the time. I will say the other thing about this song is um, it's strained how I look at mountains because <laughs> they're no longer snow capped; they're semen stained. Oh, don't ever say that again. <laughs> um, yeah, I I did like um, talking about the communist daughter. Uh, standing on the seaweed water that feels good to say also but yeah. it um you could hear the water rushing in the background yeah um i will say this like touching on the semen stains the mountaintops um un- unpleasant please don't touch the semen stain imagery <laughs> uh, but it does make me think of um there's uh, in one of tom Waits' songs he talks about the uh the moon looking like a coffee stain yeah which is always to me is just such a beautiful image Mm-hmm. Um, and I can see where he's what he's going for with this. It's a more unpleasant image, but yeah, apt. Um, whoever interpreted these lyrics and it goes into this whole thing about how it's pondering human sexuality and the moral boundaries. Um, that, that's a lot to get out of this. I mm. uh, and, and I'm not going to argue it one way or the other. Um, I do think the line she moves herself about her fist is probably a reference to yep. masturbation yeah um interesting song yeah for sure for sure uh the next track 
is O'Comely. And let's see if we've got anything to see about that going in. Very sexualized song tells the story of someone's adulterous father. Okay, so um, sticking with the sex theme. So interesting story, and, and I'm glad that you read this too. Um, that song comes in at eight minutes and nineteen seconds. Yep. And apparently Jeff made that in one take, and that yeah. holy shit at the end was a another band member just like, holy shit. It sounds exactly how I said it in the. <laughs> uh, That's boy. awesome. Uh, a lot to unpack there. Oh boy. Mm. Um, you know, I don't even want to unpack it. No, the one thing I did <laughs> notice is that um, he's got some odd pronunciations. Yeah. Like I, I think in particular, where where's the one that was bothering me at the towards the end? Uh, here, he's hair. There's like a number of words. That's just like exactly that word is just like my chemical romance. Run away from hair. Yeah, he does it in the yeah. first verse on a couple of different words, and it's not even. Like, I know sometimes people will change the pronunciation of a word to force a rhyme. Right. That's not even the case here. Like, I, I don't I don't know what's going on with that. I don't know. I hear that a lot. Um, so, it might be a common theme amongst this sort of music, but I don't know. Interesting. Uh, I did see, uh, you know, the reference to um, Anne. Oh yeah, Frank. Anne, our buddy Anne, and uh, there's something tragically romantic about the idea of, um, you know, reading somebody's diary from 50 years ago and falling in love with that person. Yeah, like the idea he wishes he could go back in time and save her. Like, um, that's sad. It is very sad, and I get that. I, I read Anne Frank's diary, and I, mm. I did um, grow very fond of her as a person through reading yeah. her words because it's not a story it's you know somebody's inner thoughts um yeah i get it um okay so the the next song is called ghost uh it's a wow wonder who this is about yeah a song about jeff's experience with a ghost supposedly living in his home that ended up like many songs in this album becoming a reference to Anne frank see there's a picture of her and the picture She's a lovely girl, but um, her picture scares me every time I see her. <laughs> um, you know, not not in testament to her character at all, but um, all right, ghost. So you know how uh, after 9-11 happened, there was, I know, right, right out of the blue, I know, there's that uh, thing called the Clear Channel Memorandum where um, 
there were like a list of songs i don't know exactly how many that they weren't allowed to play on the radio yeah um i feel like this should have been on this list because <laughs> of the reference to the uh the baby falling from the sky yeah and i know i know this is you know what like three years before 9-11 yeah um but like you know New York City and someone falling from a burning building mm. might have been it's totally totally unrelated. But I just I, I looked it up and it's not on the list at all. So um, you know it's funny, completely even more unrelated. Um, I know I keep mentioning the residents as we're reviewing a neutral. And you're wearing a residence jacket. <laughs> um, they have a song on one of their albums, and it was probably like I think late seventies. Um absolutely nothing to do with anything and it's a woman singing but it perfectly describes what it must have been like for a farmer out in the field watching flight 93 crash into the ground oh my god yeah it's it's eerie when you hear it um i'll play that for you later okay <laughs> <laughs> um i it's interesting ghost so it, it's sort of a dark subject matter mm-hmm. um but it was a really upbeat song like almost um celebratory transcending um the the shit sink that's life and yeah being immortal um yeah it was a very upbeat song for a ghost related song ghost considering some of the other songs where he's talking about like love and and human um sexuality are yeah dark and uh unpleasant hmm. so the uh <laughs> the next track is untitled and it's uh unlyriced or instrumental beautiful untitled and unlyriced <laughs> let's listen Other than ACDC, this is probably the only uh, time I have heard mm-hmm. bagpipes in a rock song. Yeah. I mean, maybe like, uh, I don't know, Dropkick Murphys might have done something, but, well, but, you know, like, no shit. I don't consider ska music, but that's just me. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm a fan of, I mean, I, I don't dislike ska. It's just, I dislike ska. It's not my jam. Um, yeah, does actual legit bagpipes. Yeah, yeah. And as much as I love the bagpipes, it seems like most often if you hear the bagpipes, if it's not Danny Boy, it's Ave Maria or like that, there are one or two other Irish songs or Scottish that is the only thing people play on the bagpipe. So yeah, I I just remember um, what was it Amazing Grace on the bagpipes at the end of Tommy Boy the movie, and that's mm. that's like my impression of bagpipes yeah. for some reason. Good stuff. Good, good stuff. Yeah. Not death, but good stuff. Yulian pipes, which I, I guess are specific to Ireland. Ireland. Yeah, the, the national the, bagpipes of Ireland. of Ireland. So not Scottish, but Irish. Right. Uh, so the Excuse last me. track on the album is um, Two-Headed Boy Part 2. There's another. And according to uh, the folks on Genius, uh, Jeff Magnum... Uh, explains that the track is about a family that lived in the 1940s in Europe 
Uh, although the first time it was played, some of the lyrics were masked uh, to hide Anne Frank's presence. So, about Anne Frank's family. Oh, gotcha. Which thematically goes Which along makes with the rest of the, the, rest of the album. Makes sense. So, Two-Headed Boy, part two. But don't hate her when she gets up to Well, I thought that wrapped up the song nice. The album nice, not the song. <laughs> it, yeah, it was a good uh, coda. Um, coda. <laughs> I, I liked the, the sound of him getting up from his chair and dropping the guitar on the floor uh, at the end of the album. Yeah, that's cool. And walking away. So I see on, on Genius that some of the interpretation is that this was his last album. Um, yeah. this, this was it for Neutral Milk Hotel. and um, Romanticizing that idea it's kind of cool in my mind to think that as an artist you have something that you have to say and when you say it you're done yeah like that's it that's all i had to do i had to work my way through this and create it and i'm done i don't think that is actually the story but right if we're going to romanticize um the phenomenon that was natural neutral milk hotel mm. I, I think that's a good wrap up yeah for sure um i also wanted to side reference so one of the lyrics there right at the end he talks about her feeding uh, him tomatoes and radio wires. Yep. Have you ever heard of um, Morgellons disease? No. A lot of healthcare professionals believe that it's actually a form of psychosis, um, but people, uh, it's a rare disorder characterized by the presence of fibers underneath embedded in and erupting from unbroken skin or slow healing sores. Um, I remember seeing a documentary on this. People would, like, literally coming out of their skin are plastic wires or metal wires that grow out of them. Um, some people with the condition also experience a sensation of crawling, biting, and stinging on their skin. Um, it, research has found that it's not an infection. Um, and a lot of times people have delusional um, delusions of parasites and whatnot along with it but yeah. uh, it's it, it's really weird hmm. and just feeding radio wires made me think it might be a reference to that as opposed to like actually giving somebody radio wires for lunch yeah huh. so that was um, Neutral Milk Hotel's uh, opus In the Airplane Over the Sea yeah cool that was interesting. Uh, I enjoyed that. I'll, I'll go back and listen to it, like I did with uh, Daniel Johnston repetitively. Yeah, I, I really. It's 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 weird. It's one of those albums that um, uh, it's in my favorite rotation. Uh, I, I have a couple of copies of it on CD that I've made, and just every now and then I get in the mood, and it's like a solid week. That's all I'll listen to, and then I put it away for a year or two. Yeah. Um, I'll probably be listening on the way to work. Uh, once <laughs> Hopefully we, next once week. Once we start that up again. Yeah, which by the time this comes out, we probably will have been in work for three weeks. So. <laughs> oh, God, I hope so. Uh, yeah, because this is June 3rd is today. So our seasons, um, our first season of podcasts is, is coming to an end. Yes. Yeah. Um, what do we got up? 
coming up for next week? Well, next week we'll be listening to Hobo Johnson's 94 Corolla by Hobo Johnson. Um, this song, this song, this album uh, can't be found anywhere other than SoundCloud and bootlegged on YouTube. So um, feel free to give that a little listen. Hobo Johnson, pretty pretty cool. Only became popular with him like the past year or two um, amongst people. So this is prior to that. Nice. Um, it should be uh, an interesting lesson. So you're pulling out something that's legitimately more esoteric than uh, what I brought to the table for this episode. Yeah, that doesn't happen very often. No. Cool. Um, and and this was, I from what I understand, produced in his '94 Corolla. So. Oh, interesting. Yeah. I'm intrigued. I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, that'll be fun. Well, in the meantime, um, don't forget to check us out on EsotericaThePodcast.com. Check out our Sunday night live streams, um, which. Mm-hmm. Show no sign of slowing because <laughs> we seem to be enjoying ourselves. And enjoy yeah. on uh, this Friday when we see you on Famous Folks, where we'll be uh, interviewing somebody famous that we don't know yet. Yeah, check it out. We got uh, <laughs> some exciting developments along those lines. Yeah, that schedule is not yet set in stone, so we can't tell you what's going on there yet. But but there will be definitely a surprise in your inbox Friday. That is for sure. Check it out. Um, all right. Until then, uh, thanks for listening, as always, and.